Welcome back, everybody. It is day 336. I got to tell you something, Chip. I love... What do you love? Day 336. Oh, yeah? I love it. Okay. Good. I love it. Love it. Love it. I Can't too. get enough. Can't get enough. Love it. I love Chip and Eric. Oh, I love do? reading through the Bible. Okay, wow. I love everyone wow, out there in all, the audience. Oh, man, what's going on with you? I just... It's, it's a, a lot love, of love fest. man. It's a love fest today with Eric. Love. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's something. Well, well, we're going to continue through the book of 1 Corinthians. Good idea. We're going to talk about spiritual gifts. Okay. You know how I feel about spiritual gifts? You love them. I love them, man. <laughs> I love them. All right. Okay. Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. You know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. The spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another Spirit. Still, another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. One body with many parts. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free, and some are Chip and Eric. Yeah. But we have all been baptized into one by the body, by one Spirit, and we all share the same Spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, Mm. does that? That does not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because (laughs) I'm not an eye. That's right. Would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? If your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? (laughs) Our bodies bodies have many parts. Mm -hmm. And God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard Mm -hmm. as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require the special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. And if one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. Mm -hmm. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you are together a Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. First are apostles, second are prophets, third are teachers, then those who do miracles, those who have the gift of healing, those who can help others, those who have the gift of leadership, those who speak in unknown languages. Are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not! So... You should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. But now, let me show you a way of life that is best 
of all. And I'm going to talk about it. 1 Corinthians 13, love is the greatest. I love that. If I could speak all the languages of the earth and angels but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all God's secret plans and possessed all the knowledge and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor, even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Mm. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete, and even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned like a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror, but then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely, just as God now knows me completely. Three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these, guess what it is, Chip? I think it's love. Nailed it. It's love. First Corinthians 14, tongues and prophecy. But let love be your highest goal. Hmm. But you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be tight talking only to God, since people won't be able to understand you. You will be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it will all be mysterious. But one who prophesies strengthens others, <coughs> encourages them, and comforts them. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. I wish you could all speak in tongues, but even more, I wish you could all prophesy. For prophecy is greater than speaking in tongues, unless someone interprets what you are saying, so the whole church will be strengthened. Dear brothers and sisters, if I should come to you speaking in an unknown language, how would that help you? But if I bring you a revelation or something, uh, some special knowledge or prophecy or teaching that will be helpful, even lifeless instruments like the flute or the harp, must play the notes clearly or no one will recognize a melody. And if the bugler doesn't sound a clear call, how will the soldiers know they're being called to battle? Mm, bugles, very important. I love bugles. Yeah, excellent road snack. <laughs> it's the same for you. If you speak to people in words they don't understand, how will they know what you are saying? You might as well be talking to an empty space. <laughs> yeah. Yes. There are many different languages in the world and every language has meaning. But if I don't understand the language, I will be a foreigner to someone who speaks it. And the one who speaks it will be a foreigner to me. And the same is true for you. Since you are so eager to have the special abilities the Spirit gives, seek those that will strengthen the whole church. So anyone who speaks in tongues should, should pray also for the ability to interpret what has been said. For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I'm saying. Well then, what shall I do? I will pray in the Spirit, and I will also pray in words I understand. I will sing in the Spirit, I will also sing in words I understand. For if you praise God only in the Spirit, how can those who don't understand you praise God along with you? How can they join you in giving thanks when they don't understand what you are saying? You will be giving thanks very well, but it won't strengthen the people who hear you. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you. But in a church meeting, I would rather speak five understandable words to help others than 10,000 words in an unknown language. Dear brothers and sisters, don't be childish in your understanding of these things. Be innocent as babies when it comes to evil. Be mature in understanding matters of this kind. 
It is written in the scriptures, I will speak to my own people through strange languages and through the lips of foreigners, that even then they will not listen to me, says the Lord. So you see that speaking in tongues is a sign, not for believers, but for unbelievers. Prophecy, however, is for the benefit of believers, not unbelievers. Even so, if unbelievers or people who don't understand these things come into your church meeting and hear everyone speaking in an unknown language, they will think you are crazy. Mm -hmm. But if you all are prophesying and unbelievers or people who don't understand these things come into your meeting, they will be convicted of sin and judged by what you say. As they listen, their secret thoughts will be exposed and they will fall to their knees and worship God, declaring God is truly here among you. A call to orderly worship. Well, my brothers and sisters, let's summarize. When you meet together, one will sing, another will teach, another will tell some special revelation God has given one speaking in tongues, and another will interpret what is said. But everything that is done must be must strengthen all of you. No more than two or three should speak in tongues. They must speak one at a time, and someone must interpret what they say. But if no one is present who can interpret, they must be silent in your church meeting and speak in tongues to God privately. Let two or three people prophesy and let the others evaluate what is said. But if someone is prophesying and another person receives a revelation from the Lord, the one who is speaking must stop. In this way, all who prophesy will have a turn to speak, one after the other, so that everyone will learn and be encouraged. Remember that people who prophesy are in control of their spirit and can take turns. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, and is all meetings of God's holy people. Of course, I get to read this part, right? Sure. Women should be silent during church meetings. Hmm. It is not proper for them to speak. They should be submissive, just as the law says. If they have any questions, they should ask their husbands at home, for it is improper for women to speak in church gatherings. Okay. Hmm. Or do you think God's word originated with you, Corinthians? Are you the only ones to whom it was given? If you claim to be a prophet or think you are spiritual, you should recognize that what I am saying is a command from the Lord himself. But if you do not recognize this, you yourself will not be recognized. So, my dear brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy and don't forbid speaking in tongues. But be sure that everything is done properly and in order. Properly and in order. What was the theme there? I could see in order. Properly. The realization wash across your face of why I was talking about love before we started reading. I could see the moment you were like, um, mm. got it. Hey guys, so I have two questions for all of you. Okay. So what and where's Jesus? And you have to answer them, not us. So we will see you guys next time. <laughs> Call in with your answers. No. Nah, we'll answer them. So what and where's Jesus? Okay. Well, this is about gifting. So, so what has to do with that gifting and serving in ministry? And really, I think, you know, it is imperative as a believer in Jesus that you are serving in a ministry based on God, how God has designed you. And it really starts with your spiritual gifts, you know, and it's answering the question, you know, um, how has God gifted me? Mm-hmm. And there are various spiritual gifts listed throughout scripture um here in corinthians and uh, romans um and so it's another passage i can't remember ephesians 4 um and so it's it's identifying what is your gift you can take a gift test that's fine they're online uh on our website too you have one on our church website livinglegacy.church and and you, you can look that up and take the spiritual gift test. It's kind of a starter there. I think you start with identifying what is your gift. And it's my experience that you really understand your gifting a lot when you do ministry. Yeah. So then, so yeah, you identify your gift, but it's what do I love to do? 
Mm-hmm. Let's start with what you love to do. You know, do you love kids? Do you love adults? Do you love to cook? Do you love to greet people? Do you love to count money? Do you love to sing? You know, and then use your gifts in the area of ministry that you love. Yeah. And, you know, and, and go after it there. And, and then, you know, some of you have abilities that God has given to you. Different types of abilities, woodworking abilities, organizing uh, abilities, decorating abilities, and use those abilities for ministry. And we have people that do that here at mm-hmm. our church, very mm-hmm. proud of them. And then when it comes to personality, it's understanding that the right personality is your personality. Yeah. Whether you're an introvert, an extrovert, you're competitive, you're not, it doesn't matter. You got to find out um, where your personality best fits in ministry and and use that personality and then your experiences are are something that you cannot um forget about because god never wastes to hurt and he wants to use your 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 hurtful experiences he wants to use your educational experiences you know and uh all kinds of uh job experiences and he wants to use those in ministry and some of the best best youth leaders i've had were you know, were leaders that messed up as kids, mm-hmm. you know, learned a lot of things, got their life turned around and wants to invest in kids. Right. And they were the best. They were amazing because God used them, their their past hurts and past mistakes, and he redeemed them and used them to make a difference. So the takeaway here is, is get involved in ministry. Just take the plunge um, and discover how God has designed you and just Start somewhere, and it's okay to say, ah, this doesn't fit for me. Right. I'm going to try something else Mm -hmm. and do it again. So there you go. Yeah, I think you're absolutely spot on with that. Mm -hmm. And I would say, you know, it doesn't matter what your spiritual gift is. You can use it in whatever way, you know, as long as you're using it. So, like, if you have the gift of teaching, it doesn't mean that you're stuck, you know, and I don't mean stuck in the bad way, but, like, you have to be in, like, a, Youth ministry, kids ministry, you know, like there's a lot of different ways that you can, you know, utilize your gift of teaching and stuff. So I think, true, you know, just be open to that. And I love, I love following your passions and using your gifts there. All right. So where's Jesus? Well, there's a couple different places, but I think um, this conversation around gifts, particularly in the Corinthian church, Paul is so careful to make sure that they know that even though each one of them is uniquely gifted, they are gifted, um, by the same spirit and that spirit is the holy spirit whom christ sent to equip and empower his body so this is we see the second and third person of the trinity working together here um, in building up the church through these giftings and i just think you know we can't overlook this idea of the church as the body of christ you know i had the opportunity to preach on this this past year and i just think we've said body of christ body of christ body of christ body of christ so many times that the metaphor has lost its meaning. And, you know, I shared about how just a little tendon in my foot went bad and mm. everything in my body fell apart because of that. Mm. And, you know, you can't, I couldn't just have that tendon and have a complete body, but I also can't have a whole body minus that tendon and have a healthy body. The reality is that the body of Christ requires all of us Mm. to do our role, like you were saying, Chip. So I just, you know, the church is the body of Christ, and and that analogy is chosen very carefully. So yeah, there's Jesus. Very careful. And it's very powerful. Yeah, absolutely. If we let it be, if, you know, if we just keep saying until it's cliche, then it it can lose, you know, we can lose sight of it, you know. True, but I think in terms of Christ being the head. 
Oh yeah, you know, our, absolutely. Our, our leader, and mm-hmm. that's very important. Very absolutely. Powerful. All right, hey, that was a good one. That was good stuff. I loved it. I know you loved it. I it loved very it. Very evident. You yeah, loved you loved it. I loved it. It was good. All right, guys. Hey, that was good. Hey, we have a before and after. I uh, know. Sorry, an after and before party coming up. We do on December thirtieth. It's yeah and, at a certain time. And yeah, we love people to come from all over the world. Yeah. Book yeah. your flights now. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. If you didn't book them a couple days ago when we said that, book your flights. Come on out. There will be snacks, games, prizes. Oh, good. We're going to have bugles? I mean, I think now Allison's pretty much stuck getting us bugles. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if we say it enough bugles. times, it has to happen, right? Like, you know there's going to be figs. That's you know so there's going to be Hershey Kisses. Know, you know there's going to be Peeps. You know, know there's going to be milk and Praise honey. Praise God. You know? That's so good. And now there has to be bugles. This could be my favorite and, day of the year. And I promise you. I promise you what that you right mean? now Allison is rolling her eyes oh, at the yeah. fact that she has to include bugles in this. Well, yeah, I, I think she should roll <laughs> <Yeah>. her eyes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> she should definitely roll her eyes. Well, I just want to say a big thank you to Allison for the bugles, and we will talk yeah. to you guys tomorrow. Have a yeah. good night. Amen.